So uh, welcome to the Academy of Esports podcast. We're doing a special podcast today. This is a dual podcast. So I'm James O'Hagan, the host of the Academy of Esports, and I'm with Mark Deppie, who... Hello, welcome. Uh, I'm the host of the Game to Grow podcast uh, and the North America Scholastic Esports Federation Commissioner, and super excited to do this unique double podcast today. Yeah, I've I've not done anything like this yet, so I think we have a lot to learn from each other because we've kind of come up in this industry at the same time. Uh, Mark, obviously, you've come up with the collegiate ranks, and I've been coming up through the high school ranks, but your role has kind of shifted now, too, because you're overseeing a good portion of uh, of a of a of NASEP, which oversees a lot of the uh, high school groups around the United States. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, yes, yeah, started in college esports and have had to learn and grow as as that that has emerged. And then yeah, the last two years been starting to work in the high school space, and it's going to be in middle schools and younger sooner rather than later. So uh, it's been fun, and I'm. I'm excited to finally talk to you, and and we definitely have our, our paths have crossed or almost crossed many times, and it's cool to finally uh, connect and be on your show. Now, uh, you didn't start off in esports in high school. I've talked about on my podcast a few times. My background is in high school. I played football and did track, and then when I got to college, I've played rugby, and I've played rugby for over 20 years. What about you? Did you follow a similar uh, athletic path in your high school and collegiate career, and so on? Yeah, I grew up playing a lot of traditional sports. Uh, soccer was the one I was good at, but grew up playing basketball in high school. I swam, played water polo, went to UCLA, played and coached club soccer. And then uh, I also uh, played club rugby for a year. So have an appreciation for that sport as well. But, but yeah, how, uh, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, how did you, how did you then – because uh, for me, it was um, I've always just loved video games. Like it's always even though I'm terrible at them and I yeah. tell people I'm, I'm really awful. And in fact, I love that you've got the Starcraft uh, image in the background there. If you're watching on our on the YouTube feed of my podcast, you'll see Mark. Um, there's a Starcraft uh, image back there. That was one of the games I played in college. Terrible at it, but really enjoyed playing it with my friends. How did you end up uh, kind of in this world? Uh, well, I'm glad you noticed the StarCraft in the back. So, yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I tell people I played way too much StarCraft in college as well. So uh, my, my version of StarCraft is embarrassing How's that? given the esports context. I would run around on my floor and find seven other people, and we'd go 4v4 on Big Game Hunters, unlimited resources, and we just build up giant armies uh, for 30 minutes and then smash each other. So uh, nothing at all comp- uh, that, that – I guess it looks nothing like what esports and StarCraft look like, but uh, that's how I, I grew up playing. It was a very social thing, a fun thing to do with my friends. Um, but yeah, I, I got into it more from an entrepreneurial angle through higher education and was was a was in higher ed for 10 years before kind of stumbling upon the opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to see that UCI was already a, a strong esports school and seeing that college programs were emerging. Um, and with a business background, I kind of combined all of those things to – to yeah seize the opportunity to build a college esports program at uci and and it's funny i my entry into starcraft was very much the same i was living at tarkington hall at purdue university and i was a residence hall counselor and friday saturday nights had to stay in the dorms usually and uh we had just gotten the ethernet network hooked up in all of our our dorm rooms and we uh there was a couple of guys who were like hey we're playing this game do you want to join in here we'll give you a copy 
and put it on my PC and away we went. And uh, yeah, I, I met guys who I had never met before on the floor or, or they knew me as a residence hall counselor, but that was it. Um, and it became like these little deeper conversations around um, a lot of things that we were doing in school. Um, but yeah, big, the, the hunter's map and it didn't matter. You don't have to have seven. <laughs> you could have two on, you know, one on yeah. one and you're still yeah. playing that giant map cause you can build your bases everywhere else. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I tell people, I tell my players, I played Starcraft and they, they assume I'm good. I have high oh. APM or I mean, no, not at all. It is not what you think of Starcraft It is a whole different way to interact with that, that game. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, love StarCraft, and that's why it's uh, behind me. I'm a Protoss player, a terrible Protoss player. And so, yeah, I have uh, Ire uh, in the background. It's a map, oh, yeah, some yeah. fantasy art from Blizzard. I was more of a Zerg player myself. I like to rush. I like okay. the, uh, yeah. If I got the build order right, it didn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. You'd beat me every time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Well, obviously so we've got uh, funny we we have very similar backgrounds in all of this um i have been watching good game on espn okay. if you if you have access to espn um and you can get to the espn app uh they've actually put i think the first three episodes of good game is up on espn where it actually showcases the uci esports program mark is is featured in it quite frequently your coach uh i forgot your coach's name off the top of my head um six or seven different players are focused on. Uh, but I got to tell you the thing that I love. Uh, my biggest, my favorite part, my biggest takeaway of the whole series. And for those of you who are high school coaches or GMs wondering, how the heck do I do this? How do I incorporate physical fitness into all this? You had a researcher come out and like hook up heart rate monitors to the, to the team and was studying their heart rhythms. But one of the things I loved was the way that you go against kids who are tilting meaning they're kind of out of sync with their play they're losing they're getting frustrated is 20 burpees mm -hmm. like yeah uh i i will say uh well two things one one the study got less and less popular the more the more they did it <laughs> uh but i will say the first few times they did it, i really think they they really appreciated uh how you have to focus on this high intensity short interval workout for two or three minutes and you you have to be in the moment otherwise you're gonna you can't do burpees or push-ups if you're not thinking about it so um yeah I, I was really i was really impressed by how it cleared their minds but um they ended up doing doing that kind of exercise and reached it about 10 times and i think towards the end it, <laughs> it felt more invasive than beneficial but uh, i think there's definitely a there there there's something there for sure and in another one of the episodes, the other things I love because we talk about how we how esports is not playing video games. It's it's like yeah, video games are a part of it, but there's so much more to it. You're having a meal with all of your players, and you know I look at at the table of food, and it is like there's so much green on that on that table. Like there's salads, there's potatoes, there's you know it was. It was refreshing to see that because I didn't see an energy drink. I didn't see a pizza. I didn't see fried chicken. I didn't see any junk food or anything like that. It was like your gamers were eating like a college athlete, normal college athlete would eat and a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, you'd be surprised at how healthy our players are when it comes to food and beverages. Um, uh, they don't drink energy drinks. Uh, I, I probably drink well more than the whole team combined. Uh, 
because they don't drink any. But yeah, I, th I think they have an appreciation for nutrition. We talk about nutrition. We have an exercise physiologist outside of the actual study that happens. Um, so uh, we're committed to it. We talk about it. Uh, the one thing I need them to do more of is, is get more sleep. But um, uh, when it comes to health nutrition, many of them come from traditional sports backgrounds. We have track athletes and water polo players and people that have played football. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think, I think they understand that, uh, you do have to take care of your body and, and fuel it the right way. Uh, I, I've had the same conversation with my scholar gamers about sleep and they're mm -hmm. all high school students. And, and, uh, I, I said, I said, make sure you're getting your eight hours. And they laughed like they openly just almost like they were walking past me, mocking me about like, yeah, eight hours. Good. Good luck. I'm like, what are you what are you talking about? I, they said, do you realize how much homework we get every night? I, they, yeah. they said, we're, we're, we're looking at four or five hours of homework. Now, I'm an elementary educator by trade. That's where I started in teaching uh, fifth graders. I very rarely gave homework. And I, I have this whole thing about that. The, the returns on homework is so much less. But. That is something that definitely has to resonate with a lot of our, our gamers is having to balance the life. Just like a regular college athlete or a regular high school athlete has to balance their practice time and everything else that they do. Um, our scholar gamers, just the same kind of idea. You know, we have to have balance in our lives. Yeah, I totally agree. And for us, one of our big challenges is that our class schedules aren't synced. And so uh, we have our practice times, our evenings and the weekends. So some of the, the great times to be doing your homework uh, is when we're actually practicing. And so uh, they have had to learn time management. I think that's a key skill that is underappreciated. Uh, so they, they have to realize that the hour or two gap in between classes, that might be their best time to do homework. Mm -hmm. And you don't get to just sit around and watch YouTube. You have to actually focus and, and be productive with those, those gaps. So um, time management's crucial. But yeah, I think gamers just, just don't sleep as much as, as they probably should. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, our, our students even will tell you they're, they're able to they, – they would tell you they're able to perform – on less than ideal sleep, um, but that's not uh, not sustainable over over a long period of time for sure. Right, right, and um, I, I would say that too. One of the things, again, also a takeaway is looking at your student pool. How do you recruit? Like, I've okay, so I've got kids who are coming to me who are like they're sending out videos to everybody. They're really. They're, they're now all of a sudden, now that they know that there are colleges that are offering scholarships, there are kids who are looking at colleges who they would have never looked at the college before. They're looking at career pathways they've never considered before. They want to get their foot in the door at a college. They want to go play because that's what they love to do. And it's the one thing that's saying to them, yes, I will go to college if I can do this. How do you recruit somebody to come? How do you find somebody to come to UCI? How do you, I mean... I, I imagine there's there's not a set way to do it, obviously. So, yeah, there's no easy pipeline. It's not not like traditional sports. There's no tournaments to go scout players out at. Um, for for us, I mean, it's a combination of things. Uh, one, we have a, a form on our website. People can kind of give us their information, and we ask for their a link to their profile, and so we'll mm -hmm. be able to look them up and see their record, their ranking, what role they play, their their champion diversity all those different data points um, and for the superstar players and I'm talking like really really high uh, level players we'll, we'll start a conversation and ask about grades and see transcripts see how how likely they'd be admitted to the university mm -hmm. um, 
and so that that's kind of how we we try to find superstars um we also have our players uh will often be uh reached out to by other high level players they're playing with that they may know that they play at uci that's a common way as well so between those two are, are those two methods them them finding our website and us our players uh connecting with them i think the two biggest ways we find superstars uh before they come to uci uh and then we also have players that just show up on campus that are really highly ranked and and uh are yeah able to play at that level we have uh, i think next year's roster for league will have three players that just came to uci by themselves and all of them will be ranked in the top 100 wow. in north america um all really high level challenger players and uh we didn't recruit them. They, they just came. So, uh, we're starting to see some gravity for the program that mm -hmm. just kind of, uh, if you're a high level player, you want to be a part of this community, you'll, you'll just come here on your own and, and walk on. So it's a combination of things. And then finally, I'll just say like, we're only recruiting a handful of players a year. We have two scholarship teams league and overwatch, and we're looking to add, I don't know, three or four players a year. So it's a really small, uh, group of people we're looking at annually. I, I will tell you that you, I don't know if you realize this, but there is a connection between the city of Racine now and California Irvine. Do you, tell can, me. So one of the star basketball players that you have on your team, his last name's Butler. His son, he's the son of Karan Butler. Karan okay. Butler came from Racine. In fact, they just renamed one of the streets in the city after him. His his son played actually at the Prairie School up here in Racine. So cool. Yeah. So we've got a connection. So if you ever wanted to come out. You know, come see what we've got going here in Racine and meet some of the players. I know they would be stoked, but um, yeah, it's, I, you know, that's just a plug for, for, the, for the great things that are going on here and the way we can, uh, uh, we got some synergies. So if you're looking, you don't have to look very far. You could just call me up and I got some great kids, especially with the Overwatch players. Yeah. Well, cool. Actually, uh, my family has Wisconsin con connections. We, uh, my grandfather was from Baraboo, Wisconsin. Okay. Yep. Um, so Near Madison. I've never been there. Near Mount, yeah, I don't know. How yeah. far away is that for you? Uh, it's far? about two hours, but it's okay. it's beautiful country. And in fact, we're looking at, they actually run one of the largest, now I know this isn't a game that you guys play, but they run one of the largest Pokemon uh, tournaments and Smash, uh, Super Smash Brother tournaments in the United States up in, in that area. So cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you've got the, uh, you've got League of Legends, you've got Overwatch, but you also have other student roles too. One of the things I always try to talk about with, uh, with us, what we're doing here, especially at the high schools, talking about the ecosystem, especially mm -hmm. what NACEF has set up. They've got this fantastic graphic that shows all the different roles, all the different things you can do. Um, what is it that UCI has? Cause you have a pretty unique, I think, setup compared to other programs. Cause there's a lot of people who just say, Hey, we're doing esports, and look at our press release. Mm -hmm. And, and that's great. You're, you have an esports team, but they, that's all that they do with it. What are you doing with your esports team? What are you using it as a vehicle for at UCI? Yeah. So, so yeah, I think a lot of people look at just the, the teams and competitions. Um, that's our focal point or how they think of esports. And I think that's kind of a centerpiece. Like that's the center pillar around which you build everything else but we have this year i think we'll have about 75 paid students uh in our program 21 of them will be scholarship players but we have shoutcasters we have production people we have a lot of interns that do things like team management uh graphic design um we have a journalist now and so we're yeah we're, we're trying to fill all those roles that that are needed 
and we don't have the budget to hire full-time staff for everything. So we're really heavily student run and students do so many important roles uh, in our department. And they also help run uh, our esports arena and our land center. So they're doing uh, software updates and break fix issues, selling hours to people, customer service. So there's so many different roles that we have in our program. Um, and we just wouldn't exist with, without superstar students to run it. So it's, been, it's become pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mentioned 75 students. We have hundreds of applicants for all those roles. And so mm-hmm. uh, we end up with really talented people doing everything we do. That's fantastic. And do you guys run any intramurals? So like use it as kind of like a way to kind of build up your, your, your varsity teams, if you will? Yeah, we have we have an intern that does events and programs. He's done uh, career events this year. We just had a career networking night with some industry folks, uh, and then he ran co-ed Overwatch last quarter, and then uh, co-ed League of Legends in spring quarter. So um, he's been very busy, uh, and then we just threw a banquet. So uh, we we have someone doing events and programs, and we're doing intramurals with our our colleagues in recreation. So. Uh, yeah, uh, we're doing all those things to both build the high-level competition stuff, but also engage people uh, who have a more casual kind of interest level and also just want to play or want a little entry point to comp- uh, competitive esports. So you talked, you just recently, uh, briefly talked about co-ed. Um, one of the things also noticed, and and it's something that yeah we struggle with as well too, is is we. I try to sell this too as being a diverse thing where we want to diversify opportunities for students. There's nothing that says you can't recruit female players, but obviously the, especially the ones who are featured on good game are male. So Mm -hmm. has that been something that has been requested by the university or have you, I mean, what, what's been your take or history with trying to recruit, you know, women to the team as well? We could do a whole podcast on this topic if you want to. Uh, Yeah, it is a huge, huge issue and concern for the university. UCI prides itself on being an inclusive, like it, on its inclusive excellence and mm-hmm. diverse faculty and diverse student body. Um, I think we were one of the most diverse workplaces in all of the U.S. the other day. Like something came out recently about UC Irvine being a very diverse work uh, workplace. So, so yes, it's 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 a stark contrast when you when you see UCI broadly and the efforts they're putting in, and then esports, which is 100% male on the the teams. Um, and so we've had a diversity task force led by some faculty and diversity leaders on campus to kind of. One, look at this scene. We had community members. We had female players at UCI, uh, club leaders, all kind of come together and talk about uh, what are the challenges? Uh, what do the women want? What does the university want? What are the laws and applicable uh, policies that are all at play here? Um, and so, I mean, we're definitely not where we want to be. We mm-hmm. want to be a place where whoever wants to play can play. Um and it's it's not that place right now. And so we're kind of building towards this pipeline idea of trying to diversify a younger population of people so that by the time they, they enter college, uh, more people have had access and opportunities to be coached and, and compete at a high level. So we're doing things like uh, summer camps. We have an all-girl – well, not an all-girls uh, – uh, summer camp focused on, on young women mm-hmm. in eSports. We have our co-ed intramurals. Uh, obviously, NASEF is – uh, kind of our pipeline efforts to kind of espouse our values and, and be a more inclusive uh, space. Uh, we have bystander training to help our players and uh, staff learn how to challenge some of that hostility and toxicity that tends to kind of push out uh, women and people who 
uh, aren't perceived as quote unquote gamers by the broad community. So it's a, it's a massive uh, challenge and task, but uh, everyone I talk to in the industry is really interested in it uh, from game companies to Twitch to the hardware companies, uh, certainly colleges and, and high schools. And so uh, uh, that's what we're trying to do. There's also a temptation or some people are also interested in having all women's teams right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you at the college of pro levels, uh, that's not what women have said they want. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, good. Yeah, you froze. You froze oh, for a second. So you're saying uh, women don't want just all women's teams? Yeah, the, the ones we're talking to say say they want uh, they want the best people to play, and they don't want to be perceived as kind of being tokenized or on a team just because they're women. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a challenge. It's a challenge to create the space that they that that feels right. And so co-ed's one way to do it. I think starting younger with uh, all women's spaces it makes a lot of sense as well. Um, so it's a it's a huge task, and uh, everyone everyone I know wants to help kind of move the needle. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a little bit before you're you're seeing a lot of women show up at the top levels. Well, the good news is is that. You know, Pew did the research that talked about gamers and the, the, the ages 13 to 17, you know, 97% of males identify at some level of being a gamer, but 83% of girls also identify as being some kind of a gamer. So the pool is there. The kids yeah. are there. Yeah. Um, the thing I love is that in Racine, we, we have mixed teams. We do have girls who come and participate. And we did survey, I did survey the students at the end of our season. And what we found by and large, because there is this perception of, well, everything is toxic online and the gaming culture is just toxic and they see what all the stories are. And what we have found is that the kids who are participating in this, when they see toxicity, especially in an esports realm, they're going to say something. They're either going to push against it or they're going to say something to stop it. They're not going to stand by and just let it happen. They they cool. they know how to address it. And what's also great, too, is some of the feedback I got from kids. Um, you know, there's there's a, I guess you could say, you know, especially like League of Legends, right? Riot got slammed for the perception of how the characters look, especially the female characters. And what's great from the research that I have is that kids aren't seeing these characters as sexualized. They're seeing them as strong, powerful figures, which is not how we used to see women, especially when you and I were kids and you'd watch TV shows or something like that. The female characters were always the damsel in distress or they were always, you know, they didn't, they didn't look uh, strong or they didn't have a strong role. In this case. Now we have an environment where, where women have a strong role and young men are willing to, they'll choose these characters, not because of how they look, but because of their abilities and their strength. It's mm-hmm. really, it's really a fascinating thing when I look at it now to go, this is something totally different. It's like playing with dolls. It's like we would never have played with dolls. The dolls in this case are online or on a computer. And these kids are choosing these dolls, these boys, teenage boys are choosing these dolls because they know that if they choose them, they're going to be strong and going to help them win. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. It, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, so many so many players. I mean, our, our players just want to play the best heroes in the game. Yeah, and and oftentimes about fifty percent of the time they're female characters. So uh, it's definitely something we see. And I, I think you bring up a good point. I kind of uh, you mentioned just seeing strong women in the space, and and I just want to say I think uh, having great role models right now is something that we can do to highlight the 
awesome leaders that are already in the space. We have four of our five full-time staff are women in our program. Oh yeah. And, and they are such great ambassadors and we try to get them out in front and, and be spokespeople whenever, whenever it's appropriate. And so, um, I think it's really important for young girls to see that there are already women in the space. They're already making games. They're already leading organizations and, and playing crucial roles. And so that's another thing I think we could do right now is to really celebrate and highlight the, the people that are already here. Yeah, I, I know with NASEP in particular, you've got Jess and you got Sam who are mm-hmm. just I mean, those two are just absolute rock stars. I love Sam and Jess. They're they're on the Discord channels, they're out on Twitter making positive impacts on people, they're sharing information and they're leaders. I mean, they are absolute mm-hmm. leaders in this field. Yep. Don't say too much stuff nice uh, about Sam because she edits uh, my podcast, so she might cut this out. So <laughs> um, we have to we have to limit limit how many nice things we say about Sam. Oh, gotcha. No, okay. But, but I, I, I adore both of them. We're so lucky to have them. And and even bigger than that, I mean, we have Michelle with the Samueli Foundation. Oh, yeah. All the, all the researchers that are doing stuff at UCI are all women. So uh, they're NASEF is yeah, I'd say of the important folks doing really crucial things it's it's heavily heavily women i gotta say the person who i probably admire the most professionally and, and whose job i just admire is as constance mm-hmm. people if you have not read up on constance Steincooler, i highly recommend that you do the woman is brilliant she's done some really fascinating research in the field of gaming and education and connecting it into such powerful and wonderful things that we're trying to do if you're not reading her stuff if she puts something out and you haven't looked at it i highly recommend checking out the work that she's done yep she's a rock star we have lots of rock stars yeah uh, yeah on, on campus so we're just so lucky to have all of them here but she did start at the university of wisconsin madison so there yep. is yep so she does have wisconsin roots so she does she does so it all comes back to wisconsin yeah you know? exactly even though I'm from California, I'm from the San oh. Francisco area. So, okay. yeah. All right. Well, sometimes it ends in Wisconsin too. Yeah. There go. All right. Um, any other questions? Any other thoughts? You know, um, I think we're good. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. And, and uh, I definitely think I should come visit at some point uh, and we could do a live podcast or something, uh, get in the same room. I think that would be great. In fact, um, I, I, I think I'm going to try to be out for TwitchCon in okay. uh, in San Diego, and I believe that's in September. So I have I have my reservation booked that hasn't gone through yet, but everything is booked to go to TwitchCon. So cool. at least I'll be out cool. in the Southern California area. I know cool. San Diego is hours away, but, you know. Hours in traffic, it's, it's about an hour away without traffic, though. So it's not too bad. When is there ever not traffic? Uh. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Good question. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jim. Thank you so much for the conversation. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to the my awesome production team who's going to edit and help get this up on online. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. And Mark, thank you for having me. And let and this is a great time doing the dual podcast. Let's do it again in the future. Sounds great. Thanks, Jim. That will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. Esports are organized competitive video games allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote good physical and mental health, increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We can never forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals. The vision of the Academy of Esports is for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. You may follow me on Twitter at 
Jim O'Hagan. That's at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N. And through the Academy of Esports account at T-A-O Esports. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts, podcast episodes, and news coming out of esports and education. And remember, you can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash taoesports. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our time again next week.